A lot of stuff going on today. I got a letter in the mail today. First of all, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. I can't complain. I mean, I, I'm being uh, attacked online, but, you know, other than that, I'm fine. I just saw my mom, so. I did see your, your mother. <laughs> looks, your mother looks amazing. Yeah, Is she know. out here in the clubs? What are we doing? What do we got going on here, man? Yeah, club church. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, she's out there. Does she, she told me she went to church like four times last let week. Let me ask I you said, quick. What? Can, <laughs> does your mother have not have enough credit with Jesus to where she can go relax a little bit? That is her relaxation place. Oh. Yeah, she she's she was raised Catholic, and she actually at one point was actually like reading the. Uh, you know, bulletin in front of everybody. That's where she. That's her. That's her thing. The you know what? In the Catholic Church, the one thing I've got to say: when I used to go to the Catholic Church, really, it's the interesting thing about it is you really want to go more and more and more. I don't even know how to explain it, but I felt like once a week was not enough. That's how she. You feels. really get sucked into the Catholic Church. Yeah. You do. Yeah, but she also. Yeah, yeah sorry. She also, uh, you know, uh, just. I don't know. That's just her happy place. Yeah. Go, girl. <laughs> we all need that. We all need a happy place. Give yeah. reverence to God. I'm here today to read church announcements. That's my mom. If you have a Cadillac, it's parked out front and about to be towed. For the fall of man. <laughs> yes. We're having auditions for praise dancers at 10 p.m. tonight. No praise dancers at the Catholic Church. They don't do that. Something new we're trying here. <laughs> if you would like to give your life to Christ, please come to the front at 4 p.m. To the people drinking the water that you dip your hands in to put the cross on your head before you come into church, please stop drinking that. It is full with hand dirt. Remember, when you light a candle in Catholic Church, it does cost a dollar fifty to two dollars. I know we give miracles here, but the candles we have to pay for, okay? <laughs> I'm offended by the joke, but it is what it is. Please, when you kneel down to pray, make sure you pick up the change that falls out of your pocket. Otherwise, we'll put it in the collection plate. Okay, let's wrap this bit up. I am I am basking in the Lord, being your mother, reading church announcements. Yeah, she's great. She's happy there, and I, I'm happy that I'm happy when she's happy. Does she, does she not want to be wild for like one moment and maybe go to a strip club or something like that? You know, Ace of Diamonds. I took my mom. <laughs> you took your mom to a strip club? Um, yeah, like oh gosh, maybe like ten years ago. It was like one of those Magic Mikey oh, type things up on Hollywood Highland. Hollywood and Highland, and uh, yeah, she had a good time. <laughs> did she really? She did. Oh, Shantae. Oh, yeah. Take this dollar, Mama. Put it right there. I'm such a bad influence on what, her. So, like, what? Like, where did you? So, what happened? Nothing happened. We watched the show. Yep. Oh, get it, Mom. <laughs> so, did she put the money in the guys? I can't remember if she was brave enough to do that, but she enjoyed the show. She did enjoy it. Yeah, take your mom out. Go, 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 go blow, Listen, some, blow some of that retirement money, mom. My mom is a dancer. So, like, whenever she, mm. she, she, she used to go to all the clubs here in town, Mavericks Flat, uh, Townhouse, and she will go. She doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. 
and she will sip her cranberry juice and tear that floor up and not get off the floor. You ever feel old going to clubs your mama went to? Sometimes. I think I think my mother went to Mavericks flat when mm-hmm. she when she I, I I'm like it's it's weird. The golden nugget, golden tail, golden, golden tail? tail, the golden, golden tail, golden tail. Is that well, it? Yeah, I think I think the golden tail, the proud bird, was another one too. Yep. What? To tear the clubs Why up. would you think it's weird? I would be like, this is so cool. There's this history. My mom came here, you know? You I would be, love that. You don't view your parents as like, you know, somebody, some guy trying to, hey, baby girl, let me buy you a drink. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like all that's going on in the club, people mm-hmm. pushing up on it. Like, you know. I, you know. I would love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, because my mom is just, to me, she's so adorable. And she's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, people I, think she's there getting drunk. She's not getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she get cranberry juice in there, Aww. having a good old time. Well, is she going to get out more or what? You know, get to these, uh, well, I don't think your mother's a senior yet, right? She's My still young. My mom's 70, she'll be 72 in March. Oh, that's still young. That's a that's, senior. Nah, senior's like pushing 80. But she's able-bodied. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, she's, doing her, she's doing her thing for yeah, sure. Your 70's like, I got one last hurrah yeah. before this body starts shutting down. That's, 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 you know what I'm saying? And she's taking really good care of it, too. She just lost, like, maybe, like, 32 pounds. What did oh, she wow. do? <clears throat> well, she uh, just changed her diet. Mm-hmm. Changed her diet. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she really watches what she eats, like, all the time now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting how you used to watch all that you eat, and now she's watching all you eat, and she's lost the weight, and you've gained the weight. <gasps> Yep. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one. Yikes, Don. Yeah. I know what you're getting me trying to get me to do. <laughs> I know what you're trying to get me to admit here on air, but I'm not falling for it. <laughs> yes, I have picked up some weight. <laughs> but for anybody else out there listening, I'm still a health fanatic. You are a health fanatic. I, I will. I will say that. I will say that you haven't had one drop of alcohol in the last yeah. nine. What? So it's six, seven months. Last year Last and a year? half, probably, since, this, you know, stuff has going on with my dad, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got that. Yeah. Got a letter to me. Oh, how are you, uh, Kristen? Are everything good? No. I just had to pay $5,000 for my car, oh. so I'm in a bad mood, oh, but no. I'm happy to be here. Wow. <laughs> It's a lot of that going around. It's, and it's, uh, you know, I had to right pay. Right before Christmas. I listen. I know. I, I had to come up with six grand to to get my my car fixed. And uh, you know, sometimes you got friends out there that you can lean on a little bit. And mm-hmm. so thank you guys to, to those people who you know you are. Yeah, me very, too. Thank very, very. You. you know, it's like unexpected. It was unexpected. And I think what made me so sad about it was it was just right before the holidays and it was so unexpected. And it made me even more sad that I couldn't just come up and say, here's the $5,000. But let me just tell you a quick story. My friend said to me, don't feel so bad. Uh, She had to pay $11,000 because her dog bit another person's dog. That dog ended up having to go to the doggy ER and get stitches and Uh, rabies or something. Get something. And she had to give $11,000 out of her 401k money uh, to this couple. That's what they asked for. So that's what she paid. And I was like, $11,000 for the ER? That's crazy. So I don't I'm know. I need to see the receipts on that. Yeah, that's what she said. She goes, "Don't feel bad. I had to pay eleven thousand dollars. That's a lot of money." But I don't know how how doggy ERs how they are. So anyway, uh, I got a letter today. It says, "Hi, Donamichi. I recently started listening to you." And this is anonymous. I don't know who wrote this. So somebody they didn't thought it was a bomb or something like that. I mean, it didn't put. It's like a there's no return address to it. But they have nice writing. It looks like it might be females writing, right? <sighs> Let me look at this here. Well, let me read the letter, and then I can probably tell you yeah. more it, it, what I think it is. It says, Hi, Donna Michi. I recently started listening to you 
on your new station. Congratulations! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! You seem to be doing an excellent job. Your co-host, interesting and enjoyable. I confess, I was annoyed by you at your old station because I felt like you had a flippant attitude about your lack of musical knowledge. And they, they hated that I did mm-hmm. not know R&B music. And I try to, I try to preface that with, my family's from the Caribbean, um, Belize. And I just didn't grow up the the American black way. But how you know all this slapped and screwed, chopped and screwed music? But you well, because, don't know R and B music. Well, no, what do you call well, it? Slab radio. You slap slow, loud, slow, and banging. Slow, break. loud, and banging, baby. Uh, why do you know all of that? I like my music. The- slow, loud, and banging. I think it's a choice. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. What it is was that you, uh, the exposure at a very young age that your parents may have given you. I didn't get, you know what I'm saying, because, I don't know, I was listening to Bill Cosby comedy records. I wasn't influenced by Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Mm. I, I, matter of fact, I think the if I were to go back and look at the earliest influence of music on me, it was probably Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And that was because he was the biggest star at the time in the 80s. And then there was a Stevie Wonder song with, I mean, if my earliest memories of music, Michael Jackson... Um, a little bit of Prince, but not too much. So I'm not really that big of a Prince fan, but I just knew him because a lot of people liked him, but it wasn't my cup of tea. And I think Prince was always for an, an older crowd. Like if I was eight, if you were 14, you might have liked oh, yeah, Prince. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's, that gap right. there just was where I just was like Michael mm-hmm. Jackson was it for me. Um, but But Michael Jackson, Prince, Stevie Wonder, only because it was... Ribbon in the Sky and We Are the World. Um, and then The Boys, A New Edition, and stuff like that when I was younger. So that these are the influences that I remember. Didn't have any previous influences going back into the 70s with Marvin Gaye, uh, Smokey Robinson, um, the, the, the Temptations, none of that stuff. Can I just say something? I do take great offense when people say, because I don't know a lot of R&B music either. And my mom, when she raised me, she listened to a lot of that 60s music yeah. and that 70s music. The like, bebop? The bebop. Yeah. So, so you know, there, there were a lot of black artists that she liked, but when it came to 70s music, she didn't like Marvin Gaye. She, did, she liked like Credence Clearwater Revival. Mm. My mom liked rock music. So does that make me not black no. because I don't like R&B? And, be, and that's what bothers me about this. What is being black? Wow. So black please, people are very critical. Please define that so my husband will know that I am a black person. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think you get a you get a black person passed just by your melanin tone. I mean, no, come on. not with him. I don't. <laughs> so you're a white girl in a black woman's body. That's what. Yeah, I find that really hard to well, believe. Well, actually, when he met me when we first started dating, he, I was like, you know, oh, you know, this culture does this. He he looked at me. He goes, Shantae, you are my little Asian. Woman. Well, so, <laughs> so, so, so so here's the thing. Because I like cater, you know, is, I cater yeah. to him. Is you he confusing <laughs> blackness with being? Hood. Yes. And if that is his version of blackness, that is not you because although you grew up in the hood, you have a certain level of sophistication that is not project ish. Yes. yes. Not to say you couldn't survive in the projects because I think you would be running the projects if you were in there. <laughs> but you come from a little more affluent and a little bit more education. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I wouldn't see you with blue braids in your hair or red hair every so often. Not that you can't rock it, but you. Have a different level of sophistication outside of the hood. 
Hey, you guys were talking about this. Um, I wasn't here, and you guys were talking about how people view you guys as fair-skinned people as not being black, you mm-hmm. know? But for me, it's who you are in the world. It's like, because I ski, because I travel, because I grew up doing play, doing things that people normally, black people, in the quotes, mm-hmm. don't do. I went to, he teased me, he's like, and you went to UC Santa Barbara? Yeah, but ha- has, <laughs> your, I'm like, has your husband talked to you for any two seconds about anything black, any black issues? Because you're like baby Antifa out here. I really am. And, and I used to go. I you if you, you think still that go I, hard. I used to go way harder though. I, I like, used to go. Sometimes way, I'm like, hey, hold on, now. I used hey. to go way harder for black people. Yeah, she um, goes. So I don't understand how he yeah. could sit there and say, "Have you seen? Has he seen that side of you?" Because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, hey, wait, oh, oh, hey, oh, I'm let's do a little kumbaya here. <laughs> no, he sees it. Um, <laughs> the black thing though, with me and the music was that you are on a black radio station on right. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. You should know this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, 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 I said, I'm here because I'm a radio DJ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and you know, but they, once again, you're dealing with an older audience who grew up a certain way, and I'm not part of that mainstream. I'm outside of it. And so I always try, my whole thing with being on the radio is try to give you a different perspective. Right. That you may not see. So um, this person says, I was confessed, I was annoyed by your you at your old station because you're flipping to attitude about your lack of musical knowledge. My problem, not yours. I was wrong then and now. You have a beautiful radio voice, Proverbs 8, 18, 16. I'll look that up to the break. This job seems like a great, uh, a good fit for you. I pray that God continues to bless you in every way. God bless you all at KBLA. Happy holidays to you all and your loved ones. Thank you for using your gifts to bless others worldwide. I mean, this has the writing, uh, which is very soft, of a female yes, attached to it. But this could be an intellectual male. You know what I mean? I think the, the, the Proverbs 8.16, it leads to be that this is a woman. The annoyance of my lack of musical knowledge, I think that leads to me to believe to be a, a, a woman. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. A man's gift, wow. Maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. All right, all right, all right. I guess Stevie Wonder, Tavis Smiley. Yeah. Yeah, you know, all right. I like that. Andy, Krista. Oh, you're not a man. I'm sorry. Great women, too. All right. Um, <laughs> listen, a lot of stuff to get to. Um, you had a great question today, Shantae. What is it about... Why is it? What, what the question was? Why do black men seek white women? Is what was that the question? That was not. That was definitely well, not. What, 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 no, I'm sorry. What was it? I'm sorry. It was why do we value? And I actually had this conversation. No, I said, are white women equipped to save our black women? All right, let's talk about that when we come forward. Because I'll give you some ideas of why I think black women. I'm sorry, black men choose white women mm-hmm. over black women. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you some ideas about that. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I've I've only dated two, one full-blooded white woman in my whole life, and the other one was Filipino and white, and this was 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. I don't, I have, I don't have much experience with the white women. Not that I would never date them, but I never thought that they found me too attractive. I guess I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I never really, I stick with what I know. Uh, we'll get to that question when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580. Courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. We're KBLA Talk 1580. Looking for legitimate political discourse without the bear spray? Tune in and speak out. KBLA Talk 1580. So what? It, uh, the question is, are white women equipped to take care of black? Save. 
Save. Not take care of. Save. They, you know. Well, what does that mean? Okay, well, let's talk about what does it mean to save black men? Well. What does that mean? In their times of, I have to be clear about this, I was really um, talking about the thing that happened with Twitch today, you know. Oh, yes. Suicide. And he's got a white wife. A white wife. Oh, and wow. listen. He worked for Ellen. So, so yeah. DJ DJ Twitch is it Twitch? DJ Twitch worked for. I, listen, I'm assuming this was monetary. To be honest with you, I'm thinking this was financial. That that that, that distress. I mean, I th- he probably wasn't expecting that the Ellen show was going to end soon, and you know, probably trying to figure out what's the because listen, this hot the gig at Ellen that he got in twenty DJ Twitch. Oh, let, let me just let's back up first. Rest D- in peace. Rest in peace, DJ Stephen, or Stephen, or Stephen Twitch Boss. Mm. He was Ellen DeGeneres' DJ on the Ellen Show from 20, I want to say 2013 to current. And he, he actually got made an executive producer of the show. That is a once-in-a-lifetime yes. gig mm-hmm. to get on. The guy was on uh, a dance show on MTV or VH1. He won dancing. He won, he won um, So You Think You Can Dance. Right. So so he's a dancer, mm-hmm. married to a white woman. You get elevated to uh, – uh, you get you get on the Ellen Show, mm-hmm. which is already good money, but then you get elevated to executive producer. I think he was hosting some things at the same yep. time too. Yep. So that was a great gig. And then when that gig ends mm-hmm. and there's no gig left – there's no next gig, and I'm just speculating here on what could be the issue because Ellen ended this year, right? Because and abruptly too, she was like, "I'm not doing this anymore because of all these allegations coming out." I, you know, so whatever, because they tried to cancel her. Um, I can only assume that there, there's a lot of pressure to live up to the lifestyle of Hollywood. I mean, I don't know. He comes from a dance background. His wife was a dancer. He had a huge platform. And I don't wouldn't see him not being able to book something else. He was beloved. I yeah, mean, a lot of people, everybody. just loved. He could have went to any dance show after that. He probably had his of the choosing. I don't. I don't, I don't, I, there's got to be more to this story. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can only think that it had to be. He's 40 something years old. He's not that old. No, um, just forty. Um, three he, kids. Three kids booked himself into a hotel room. Beautiful family. Beautiful family. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, his situation is interest is is not interesting, but just knowing how hard it is in Hollywood to consistently keep a job and income coming in. You know what I'm saying? And, you, and then on top of that, you get elevated to... But his know. wife also works. She's on, like, Dancing with the Stars or something. Oh, is she? Yeah, she, she, she was a boss, too. She's a dancer, dancer, too. Hmm. So it, it's not... They, they were like a... Like, they were power couple. But a lot, a lot of times our worth is in our... For men, is in our work. And if we have no work, we feel worthless. True. We don't, we don't like relying upon our women. I mean, black men, I mean, at least I can only speak for myself. It feels uncomfortable doing that when you can't fully provide, you know, or provide the way you want to provide. You know, if you feel kind of inferior and insecure, you know, um, that's a hard thing to deal with. But, I mean, I don't know. And But, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people who loved him, but did they love him while he was alive? See, everybody loves yes. to post the pictures no, of yes. him. Yes, 
Yes. Yeah, but you don't know what somebody's going through mentally, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't know what what they're going through. Like we don't know if there's problems like in that relationship. If somebody's sick in the family, that's gonna die. If he found out he's sick, or if he's just he just was dealing with mental issues that people can cover that stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then when you're all in your head by yourself and you don't have something to keep you busy, you make poor decisions, which could be fatal so we don't really know it could be anything it might not even be that you know he couldn't find something else but to your point though when you're in entertainment and you can't get something and it's hard and people are closing the doors well, in let's, their let's, face let's it's screw, hard let's even just take the entertainment aspect out of it there are many people who just can't find a job yes, who've aged out of the workforce and they're like what you almost kind of give up because every door you knock on Regardless, of, I mean, how many people out there have so much experience in yes. an industry and you can't find a job anymore? Ageism is real. So hold on, we're going to get to this. We're going to continue this conversation when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud, loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Be heard. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. What's that saying? I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I might have been born. No, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about are white women equipped to save black men? And my initial answer to that question is is black men have to save black men. Mm. We cannot look for mothers in our women. A lot of times we, we do look for qualities that some of us mothers have, some of our mothers have, which is a soft tongue and um, um, a caring energy. I think that's what may, is the appeal to a lot of men in regards to some of the women that they pick. And maybe some white women, when in regards to black men, give them that, this loving... um, atmosphere that is not a challenge all the time because some my experiences with black women is that it's consistently sometimes a fight all the time and we are just we're fighting the world that we don't want to be fighting you at the end of the day we want a soft tongue and uh, (laughs) and and we want a soft tongue and and basically a, a nurturing home environment and when we express that to you, what we get is, what am I submitting to? Because it's submission is what we really want. And you are correct to answer that question, to respond that way, because a man without direction um, is not a leader. And But if a man is giving direction and you're not following, I mean, it's, 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 it's complicated, I But what say. if he's directing you in the wrong way? Like, like I, you know, the first person, unfortunately, that comes to mind is Kim and Kanye. Right. Or any of the Kardashian and their black men that mm-hmm. have all gone well off the Richter scales. Um, what's the boys, the, the basketball player's name? LeBron. Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, yes. Lamar Odom. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, you you saw the demise of that relationship and him as like, uh, are they, are any of us friggin' equipped, really? I mean, or is it like you said, up to the black man to say, actually, no, I need therapy. I need to save myself. There's something, like, how does this... I think for some black men, I can't 
say for all, the lack of a strong father to show you how to navigate the adult world is missing for a lot of us. Mm. And all we have to rely upon is our mother. And we may subconsciously go after women that may resemble something deep down that we may not even know about um, in, in regards to uh, uh, women that we date. I think Kim Kardashian and Kanye, Kanye has issues because I don't know if, how present his father was because he talks about how his mother snatched him up and moved him to Chicago and father wasn't there and became a weekend dad. Right. And so there's something to be said, not in every household, but of a strong father figure in a household raising children up a certain way. And so when you leave, I'm not saying black women aren't the strongest things out there because you guys are definitely strong given the history of black people in this country and what you have to deal with. Black <clears throat> black women cannot raise a black man to mm. be a man. Yeah. You know, and that's a, an issue. Some of us, we have to... My mother gave me what she could give me, which was... Safety, food, uh, shelter, love, uh, uh, too much of a strong ego boost. <laughs> you, know, that's, that's you are a king of all kings. Yes. Well, my mother. <laughs> no one will ever be able to please you, son. Not, not that. So my mother. You it, are the king of Zamunda. <laughs> my mother comes from a country that was called British Honduras and then independence that became Belize. And so the British, she would always call me master. Master. Even to this day, she still says master. And it's a British thing. The British have egos throughout the roof. But I never knew what it, why she called me master. Like she says Master Don? Like Master Don. Master Don Amici. You know, it's a kind of like Sir Don Amici. Or, you know what I'm saying? In, in realms, it goes back to the British. But that wow. ego. I mean, listen. That, I, I, something it's is uplifting to hear that. Well... I yes, yes, and no. Given the proper guidance and and and, and context that, that you're saying it to me in, mm -hmm. I don't know what context you're saying right, it to true. me. You're just you're saying true. it. You're just Would it be it. like Prince? It's Prince the equivalent of that. Yeah, I mean, like, if if your name if your name is Mercedes, if your mm -hmm. name is Prince or Lexus or no, I mean, or like, would jewelry. it be like Prince Don? Is that like, yeah, yeah. kind of like saying that? Um, master of the house, master mm -hmm. of the domain. I, I, less slave terms, more, more. This is the master of the house, but but it, it goes back to slave terms too. Because master, yes, yeah. sir, master, I got to pick your cotton. Oh Jesus! I love my slave guy. That's my slave character. Exactly. Yes, sir. Work on it. Sam Taser. Work on Baby, it. Baby, you need to be quiet. Your husband gonna whoop you. Work on it, Don. <laughs> Work on. I'm gonna tell Harpo's to beat you now. Uh, yes, sir. You, you gonna have to beat her. <laughs> You want Sophia to behave? Yeah, dog it, baby. Mm. You're have to be. You told Harpo. No, I'm sorry. Here we go. Let's stop. <laughs> so he uh, sucks me in, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's, there's that. There, there. So that was that. I mean, hell, I was born on the first of September. Even that had an ego attached to it. I'm Not number, to mention I'm, you're a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. I'm number one. Yeah. I was born on the first. Wow. You know, and, and these are things that people who are born on the first of every month may deal with that they may not even say. Right. Ego. I'm first. I'm number one. I'm number one. My mother called me master. So so these are things that my mother gave me, right? And so although it is good to do that, there needs to be balance on the other side that I didn't have. I had to go out into the world and screw up, not only in my teenage years, in my 20s, even in my 30s, and even to the day, I'm still screwing up. And so these are issues 
that we have to kind of correct. And, and sometimes it took me having panic attacks over a decade ago to go find therapy, which I did not believe, like a lot of people believe, could be an answer to fixing any issue or problem that I have. But it was the last resort. I was like, I done did everything else. I was looking for a pill. Mm-hmm. Just give me a pill. Give me a pill. Give me a pill. Give me a pill. And really, talk therapy gets you to really understand who you are, why you do the things you do, and where the trauma in your life is rooted. My trauma was rooted in being in the foster care system, being in the projects, being in a American society that uh, uh, I was different from. My skin color was black, but uh, and I identified with black people and hung out with black America. But for some reason, I was always different than other black kids because I thought differently. Mm-hmm. My, my, I was more into comedic things as a very young young child compared to listening to R&B. I didn't play football. I played band. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, So it, it's just a different thing. I didn't have a father to say, hey, these... Life is going to get hard. You're going to make your own decisions, but I'm going to be here to give you knowledge that you can use to apply to your life and be consistent with it. Me and there, yeah. I'm wondering if economics plays a role in some of it too, where you were born and raised. Because yep. when I think about my upbringing, uh, when I was up, when I was brought up, I always lived in relatively diverse areas. When we lived in New Jersey, one area was predominantly black, so everybody I saw my my surroundings were black. black. But when we came out here, uh, I went to schools where you had black and white. And the one thing I remembered about the little black boys in my class, they always liked the light-haired girls. So I had crush on this one boy, but his parents were very wealthy. The school I went to when I when we first mm-hmm. moved out here happened to be in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. okay? And there were people that had they were they were children of celebrities, okay? Or children of people who um you know, they're in the media somehow. And this one particular boy that I had a big crush on, he always liked the fair-skinned girls. His good friend like the fair skinned girls. I never really but lighter than you though. I mean, you're I'm talking white. I'm talking oh, oh, white, white girls. White, okay, white we're talking girl, white girls okay. because there were very few black girls in the school. So you got to look, but uh, you weren't first choice. I was not first choice. Yeah, you got to look, but you weren't. First I was choice. not first choice, and I noticed that with my black male friends because why we grew up in these diverse areas, they typically would go for other races. They would go for Hispanic or. Uh, Asian, and I think it was just, I don't know if they were looking at the skin tone or if they had a thing in their head, but I always lean back to the one boy that I really, really liked in my 20s, and he was black as black, and his mother, absolutely not. You're going to marry this Hispanic person who comes from this particular family. That's who we want you to connect with. So I think economics also plays your parents and how you were raised with your parents and what they're thinking, what they're instilling in your head, I think has a lot to do with it as well. But we'll continue this conversation. Are white women equipped to save black men? I have another take uh, on this when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk it's Nanny. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where truth prevails. Truth prevails. The tricky station is down a dial. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. All right, so we're talking about white women and can they save black men. You know, we're talking about DJ Twitch, who uh, took his own life today or yesterday, or a couple of days ago. Um... 
And, you know, we, we, first it was like black men have to save themselves. I think there are a lot of black men out there who did not grow up with strong role models who are figuring it out, as I have had to figure it out, along the way, making mistakes and carrying, creating baggage that some of us are easily able to get rid of or rectify or some of us, are hard, it's harder to get rectified, i.e. children or bad credit or debt or anything like that. You know, um, so some of us along the way have to are, are fixing it along the way as isn't anything. You know, you should you know, you never stop living. You fix your life along the way and you, you just work to become better and sharper. And, you know, 44 year old Don is way different than 33 year old Don, which is way different than 22 year old Don. Totally. I don't even recognize 22 year old Don anymore. You know, it's just level of maturity and ego is is extremely kind of tame. In the sense of um, ego, don't pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then also leaving room for my partners to breathe in relationships without sucking all the oxygen. And then also, you know, lowering expectations as far as I have for myself, because that was leading in, to a level of depression, because for whatever reason, couldn't meet those expectations. And also recognizing what's the type of man you want to be and work towards becoming that man. That's a that's the lifelong work in progress in regards to me. Um so black men are dealing with a lot of this stuff because we are, especially in the last maybe Generation X, maybe some of the baby boomers and maybe some millennial and Gen Zs are dealing with fatherless homes for whatever reason, not their fault. Um, and we don't have the life skills necessarily to kind of navigate the world. We are just out here winging it. Some of us are doing a good job. Some of us are not. Some of us are, you know, um, still immature at a very older age. Some of us are maturing. You know, and we're a work in progress. Um, but getting to the white women, can the white women save the black man? My initial response is no. But white women offer something that I think black women don't, which is a different rhythm, different attitude that is different than, especially if you've been dating black women for your whole life and then you come across a white woman. It's a different. What, what is the, what's the difference? It's a different personality. Well, I mean, everybody's got a different personality. Yeah, but black women have a certain personality. What is that personality? Uh, and, and and that personality is not a monolith. We're all oh. lumped into one no, thing. No, hold on. It's not a monolith, <laughs> but it has a certain rhythm to it. Is the rhythm, I'm not with the tomfoolery. I, I use, wanted to use another word, y'all. Is the rhythm that you get to a certain point and you go, pause, we can do this, but we're not doing that. Right. But And then, but in the rhythm with... The others is that they're like, be free, live life, go explore, d- 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 and and then you end up like Kanye. So listen how you're talking right now and the tone that you have to your voice. Mm-hmm. That is a turnoff. It's a tone to mm-hmm. to men, to black men, to me, mm-hmm. to, to to anybody. It's not that we can't receive what you're saying, but. What happens is that it comes off like you're chastising me as a child, and I'm not a child, and that there's a level of respect that we're not getting, or I'm not speaking for every black woman, that maybe men feel they're not getting from black women, even if I'm making mistakes. Will this tone save your life, though? Well, (laughs) you're Mm. you're you're asking me to look at the end result, but if I can't hear you... Because of whatever trauma that I'm dealing with inside of my body that is causing my ears to be closed to your good advice. And that the melody of your tone needs to be of a certain different song. All right? It, you could be trying to save me and 
break me into a millionaire, turn me into a millionaire. If I do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to hear you because I, you're, you're, you got to understand your tone is inflecting a defense reaction inside of me that is making me put up walls against you. Is it that I don't have patience for this tone? Is it because black women are out here facing the exact same trials and tribulations as you are where the white women go out into the world and they're like, Huh, I'm not. The, the world is my oyster, so they don't have the same struggles that we're dealing with. On top of trying to wrangle you, right? So, so you, we don't have time for the nice tones because I need yeah. you to just get it, so we can continue to move forward. Right. And so um, there's a saying that you get more bees with honey, mm. and then also um, you are talking to me through a level of trauma that you've experienced in your life. And that is not coming off in a way that, like, we're communi- our communication is off. We mm-hmm. both want each other, and we both want each other to succeed. But the way that we communicate with each other is not effective. And so it's like, I don't want to deal with you. Or black men are trash all the time. And because we cannot effectively communicate because we both are dealing with a level of trauma and we're both speaking to each other through that trauma, the great information, the treasure that you have inside of you to give to the other person, they cannot receive it. And if I can't receive it, I don't care if you have a million dollars check waiting on me. I'm just going to be like, "Ah, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to go to someone who is talking to me in a way that I can receive it, even if it's unhealthy for me to be with this person. Even if they don't. They don't have the knowledge, but they have the tone. But they can't wrangle you. No. But I've got the knowledge, but I just don't have the right tone. Well, you know. That's interesting. But but even also the verbiage, wrangle. Why do you want to wrangle me? Um, Kanye needs to be wrangled. No, Kanye, Lamar Odom needs to be wrangled. Well, he uh, needs to be pulled in, sit down, stop. Kanye, I'm West, not saying you yeah, specifically. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no, but they, be, they both they both need know. issues. Looking, uh, we're going to have to put this conversation on hold because we we got to talk to Christy Clark, who has a great organization uh, at the top of the hour that I have to tell you about. Yes. Um, it is something at zero cost to you. It's 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 a great class. It involves skills that you may have, may not have, may need not may not even know you need. We're gonna get talk to Christy Clark when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. KBLA fifteen eighty Santa Monica. Uh Christy, thank you. Welcome to the show here. I, I'm so amazed to get ready to talk about this. This class is it a class? What is this that we're that we're doing? It's a class, or is it a course? How do I how do I correctly describe this? Because I think this is great for those who want to um, educate themselves on parenting education that they may not necessarily know. Am I correct in saying that? Right. Yeah. Um, so strengthening the Black Village. It's a nonprofit offering. Um, effective black parenting courses to those court mandated to take parenting courses and to others. The, the cohort three is kicking off in February of 2023. So it's, it's a course that's part of the larger nonprofit. I love it. So here's another thing. If you are kind of in the court system, that's some of you are, um, and you have to take uh, uh, mandated parenting classes, this is ideal for that. So um, it's zero, zero cost for this. 
is February 6th through March 30th, 2023. Donations are welcome mm-hmm. to, for the nonprofit. Can I ask you, what, what is your background? Like, where are you from? Are you from L.A.? or is your? I am from here, yes. What's your family? I'm from... What's your family's um, nationality? I am... Oh, no, I'm no, I'm just looking at... Because I'm just looking at the picture. I have, I have, no, an, no. I, I have an idea, but right. what is it? <laughs> no, it's... The reason I'm laughing is because I recently did a YouTube uh, show with one of my friends, and they were asking why two Latinas were hosting a, a, a show on black parenting, right? But I'm actually half black, half white. And I was raised in South Central L.A., um, mostly amongst um, the black side of my family. And um, I actually grew up in a combination of group home and, and kinship care settings here in L.A. I'm, getting a, I'm getting a Caribbean vibe from you, though, like Central America, Caribbean. Is is, is there heritage <laughs> yeah, there at all? there's an accent there somewhere. There, no, well, she's, she's, she's Latina, but but I'm, I'm also getting yeah. a... No, she says no, she's no. half black, half I'm white. Not, oh, you're not, not Latina. Latina. Right. So, oh. No, I, I think that probably um, I, I do have and always have had a bit of an accent. And I think it's because of the influence of like my Latino friends uh. and stuff mm-hmm. growing up. That's primarily who I the black people thought I was too white and the white people thought I was we, too This black. is something so we've dealt with. with listen, oh, listen, yep. Christy. This yeah. is something that me and Krista have and dealt Shantae. with. Oh, you've dealt with this your whole. They call me white girl at Crenshaw. Oh, stop it. There's nothing white I'm about white. you. <laughs> Do you have any heritage from the Caribbean at all or anything like that? No, or no? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an indigenous look to you. I, I, I was just, I was like, oh, she looks, I was going to say maybe a little natural Mayan or a little Belizean or, or Garofina or something like that. I don't know. Or I, mean, I can see Mexico or Guatemala. No, not like Guatemala. No, no, I can see Mexico a little bit. But, but you know, listen, that's just me. I love just, you know, I love digging in people's uh, business and in their background. Here's a picture of her right here. Um, so... First of all, let's get to Reverend. What brought you mm. to the What brought you to the calling to, um, to to the church? So, um, when I was a little kid, right, um, church was the one permanent in my life. No matter where I was, there mm. was always a fa- a church family or someone who would come pick me up and transport me. Um, to church, and it was my safe haven, right? Mm-hmm. I remember sleeping under pews. I remember Christmas really? parties. I remember being oh, able wow. to volunteer at Thanksgiving dinner, um, singing in the choir. Um, and so I wasn't, I grew up Southern Baptist, and I had never seen a female pastor. So I actually started by by thinking about going into social work or education. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the restrictions, right, as far as not talking about spirituality, not talking about faith. Um, and so it, it came to me to figure out a way to combine my faith. And when I was in McLaren Hall. You were um, in McLaren? I about, oh, I was in McLaren Hall, too. What's McLaren Hall? Awesome. McLaren awesome, Hall was like a know, McLaren Hall was like life. a it was yeah. like a prison for kids here in Los mm, Angeles right. in El Monte. Oh, wow. uh, it was shut down yeah. in the early 2000s. I got jumped my first night in McLaren Hall by by one of the staff people. Oh. There there's a lot of lawsuits being um, uh, administered right now for yeah. sexual assault that for a lot of young kids by the they by were, the staff there. Yeah. They were actually afraid for me when I got put there um, because someone told them I was a troubled youth, which was not true. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, but so, I mean, we're all troubled I, youth at some point if we're in the system, you know? Well, yeah. So, like, the administrators actually put me in the pregnancy ward oh, for wow. my protection. What uh, What year were you in yeah. McLaren Hall? 
That must have been 97, 98. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a little earlier than you. I think I was about 91 or 92. And it was, you know, yeah. I can but only You know what? It had to be earlier than that because I remember us writing letters to Pac when he was in the hospital. Oh, ri- so, so it had to be, what was that? Like 96, 96, 95, 96, I think that was in there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a horrible place. I mean, it was there are certain songs that were playing on the radio that I that are very hard for me to listen to today because it invokes a, it, it invokes a nostalgia of that place. And um, it was just just my first night there. The guy said I was uh, he said I was smirking at him, and I didn't even know what a smirk yeah. was. Right. I had no idea. I came there, and the guy jumped over a couch and basically was just like roughing me up the first night. I mean, yeah. within hours of being in that place, put me in uh, restriction or whatever that was the first night, and I to oh, this to this God. day I still don't even know what I did to trigger that guy. Oh. So you know what I'm saying? So I and I, I saw kids getting body slammed during when you were going to school. It was a scary place mm-hmm. to be in because I'm like ah uh, the level of violence initiated towards the kids in that school was was horrendous, and this mm-hmm. is supposed to be a place where yeah. they're supposed to take care of you. You know, yeah. but that that's another story. Listen, that's another story. So I I can understand your path to becoming a reverend. I'm an ordained minister, if that means anything. I got my certificate on the internet. So I paid twenty bucks. <laughs> so I, I, I'm gonna leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's talk about strengthening okay. strengthening the black uh the black village. This is a a, yeah. a, a class that's gonna be starting uh, February sixth through March thirtieth. Zero cost to you. Um registration um it's begins February sixth. Registration is open now. In fact, thanks open to now. the commercials, yeah. you all have been running for us. We've gotten some students already. All right, that. now so, that's right. Um, so, so yeah, so, so we we're, we're training parents, and we also train people to conduct the courses because um, we're we're twofold ministry. Um, we want to make sure that families stay together, but we also want to make sure that we build the village. So, um, faith communities civic organizations, whoever, if you're interested in hosting effective black parenting in your context, um, we are we are happy to, to partner with you in putting those programs together as well. So if, if we can just go over what will I learn in this, um, this course here? Um, mm-hmm. And I do believe that every parent, regardless of what you think you know and how good of a parent you mm-hmm. are, access to additional information that you may not be aware of, I think is a valuable resource. So what, what is it one is going to learn in the, the uh, spring uh, parenting cohort? So what, so we use African and biblical proverbs, first of all. Okay. So, so we start by rooting it in our spiritual and collective history, right? There's a, there's tons of wisdom, um, that parents have had over the ages, and, and sometimes I think it's become diluted or frowned upon or just ignored, and we don't learn about our histories yeah. in school. So part of it is is rerouting, right, our family, rerouting the village. So we use the, the Proverbs to do that. We teach about effective communication, behavior modifications, um, instead of focusing so much on on um, corporal punishment with its roots in, in slavery, right, and, and some of the verbal 
miscommunication and abuse that we, I think, experienced and maybe subconsciously um, just made part of our everyday life. We learn positive communication methods. We learn how to reward positive behavior instead of giving attention to negative behavior, which is actually positively enforcing yeah. negative behavior a lot of the time. It's very interesting so that this society, just, like, has a fix for everything, but they have no education when it comes <laughs> to being a parent. They're just like, all right, right. Uh, so that's your that's like your job. Do, do yeah, like you're supposed to. Like, there is no manual on how to raise a child, but there should be, or at least some guidelines or foundation. Right, and maybe we naturally should know because that's the most basic thing, right? Like, you don't have to have any kind of expertise in anything to become a parent. Um, but I think because of our fallenness, because of all the different environmental stimulus and blah, blah, we need to relearn how to be families, how to communicate, how to love how to build up instead of tear down. Mm. I mean, some mm. of this stuff is faith, but it's also just common sense. Well, you, you chose the title Strengthening the Black Village. Does this mm -hmm. course have a sense of community attached to it once you leave? Because, you know, we yes. always talked about how it took a village to raise a child. And mm. even when I was in younger and, and we had our, we knew our neighbors that our neighbors, if our parents knew them or were real good friends with them, could discipline our children right. uh -huh. and they pay respect. Yeah. So, is there a level of creating a community in this, or we're we just talking about, um, or we're we just focusing on trying to create a, a better village of children? I uh, practice what I preach one hundred percent. So it's definitely about building the village. So. Um, we've actually had teachers, mentors, social workers, uh, police officers in the course because it is about everyone impacting our youth, and everyone impacting our youth should take parenting courses. Okay. But also, after they graduate, there are alumni groups. There's a continued sharing of resources. There's continued engagement, invitations, guest speaking opportunities, Um and we continue to support each other. You know, my son is 15 and he's walking home after school late and he got, you know, stopped by someone who wanted to, you know, um, know what he was doing out at night or whatever. You can get on and talk to a parent who's going through the same thing. I, I like that. Um, and getting home safely for, especially for our, our young black men is, is a major, one of the major, um, court, um, sessions in in the curriculum specifically talks about getting home safe and um, you know we shouldn't have to worry about training our children on how to deal with law enforcement or that kind of thing but we you know I don't believe in in operating off of ideals yeah yeah you gotta be operate off we of reality at the end of the day yeah yeah okay uh, well, listen, and then we can create yep. new realities, but only consciously. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think uh, I think this is a great thing. I love it. Um, where can people go and sign up for this if they want to join this? It's it's from February sixth to March thirtieth, twenty twenty three. So even if you think you know everything mm -hmm. about parenting, even if you think you're the greatest parent on this earth, take this course because you might learn a little something extra that may help and you, you might in your be, job. And you might, 
And you might be the greatest parent in the, the world, which means we need you because you need to inspire some of us who are, you know, just average parents. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. So our fire is actually on KBLA's uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Uh, you can also go to strengtheningtheblackvillage.org um, and find the QR code and registration links there. Um, you can email Rev C.A. Clark at strengtheningtheblackvillage.org. Or you can four, call me. And I got a uh, 323-804-8469. Yes. And then 323 And you can call here, and I'll give you that if you guys can't write it down. Or just go to our Instagram uh, or Facebook page, and we'll get you out there. Um, I would, uh, I, I maybe I'll sign up for this class. I'm gonna see if I can make put, make some room in my schedule and maybe sign up for the class. I would just like to just see. I mean, my son is twenty something years old, but I'm pretty sure maybe there's something I could, you know, give to him at this point. You know, teach him not how to. We have we have parents of young adults in there too, because parent parenting young adults, are parenting our children does not stop at high school no. graduation. No, it doesn't. No. I just uh, was, uh, <laughs> my son constantly hits me up for money today. Is know? there a course on parenting your parent? <laughs> <laughs> That's because a whole. let me tell you what I'm going through right now. Well, you know. How what? do we raise these parents? Christy, I think maybe maybe that might, Christy, that might be the next class that you need to talk to because no, a lot of us. We, we need to talk. A lot of a lot of us in our forties. A lot of us in our forties have come across a thing that we didn't know we had to deal with, which is taking care of our parents yeah. because they are getting into a certain age where either their body is breaking down or their mind is breaking down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I listen. I could use some help on that one too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't yeah. sit my mother to her room many well, right. times. We, listen. Yeah, and we need the village <laughs> don't for come that out. as well because, right, and there needs to be a village for that, right, because um, there was a time where we could stay at home and, like, there was grandma and great-grandma and, and nephew and niece and cousin in the same household, and we don't have that, so we no. have to figure out new ways yeah. to be that. All right. Well, I love I love what you're oh, doing, and I support I Yeah, go ahead. What, what were you saying? Since I'm talking to a strong black man, yes. I just want to point out that the next comp- <laughs> the next component of of our development as a nonprofit is to um, implement a, a father mentorship program. Aww. Well, I would love to be a part of that. Uh, uh, I would. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, I don't want to say I. I'm going to like being a part of it because I don't like doing anything I don't want to do, but I would love to be a part of it because I do feel that if there's anything I can offer to anybody else on the, on what I experienced, either growing up or raising a child, uh, I would love to be able to give that and uh, be there as a, you know, as a, as a person just to talk to. Yes. I'll email you my information so we can stay in contact. Okay. Uh, Rev. Thank you. C.A. Clark at strengthening the black org. 323-804-8469, the phone number. The flyer on our Instagram page, uh, KBLA 1580, and Facebook page. And you can call here 800-920-1580 if you uh, are not able to write any of this down. We'll get you the information. Um, you, you always have a right. uh, Reverend Christy Clark, you always have a home here. So anytime you need something, uh, you got something going on, please give us a call. Let us know, and I'll be glad to uh, spread the word, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And if you need me to conduct some marriages, I've got that certificate online that I can do that for you, okay? If you need, just letting you know, okay? All right. All right so th- since you put that one out there, I'm going to put out that I'm available for guest preaching or speaking engagements that have anything to do with child justice, family justice, or 
anything else you can think of and happy advent love it <laughs> all right well we support we support each other we we got a village going on right here reverend and ordained minister yeah. there we go not ordained minister <laughs> all right christy thank you so much uh I'm more... ordained. I don't know about no you. i got a certificate <laughs> I, I paid 25 dollars <laughs> online okay <laughs> Why the price just went up? Okay, it's $20 I'll... 10 minutes ago. Yeah, well, $25. <laughs> I paid $25 online. I got my certificate. All right, Christy, thank you so I, much. I for guess it. I feel cheated on that one because <laughs> I spent like three years at Fuller and spent thousands of dollars. Oh, no, just I just, I, re I read a website, a couple of things, you know, yada, yada, and then there, there you go. You're good. All right, uh, we got your phone okay. number. I'll email you all my info, and uh, good luck on everything, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you, and thank you too, Christopher. All right, and uh, Shantae also. All right, all right, more of this conversation when we come Thanks, forward. It's KBLA girl. Talk, 15A. We may be LA's newest talk station, but when you're punching above your weight, it's not about whether you can throw a punch. Can you take a punch? We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk, 1580. And we don't black down. Congrats. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back, y'all. All right, so we're talking about we're ta we're talking about um and thank you, Christy Clark, for hanging out with us. I, I appreciate that. Um, what a great organization, Spring Parenting Cohort idea for court mandated to take parenting training um if you, you are mandated to take parenting training i think this is a great course for you go to our facebook page and instagram page for more information on strengthening the black village okay, let's get back to this conversation we're having about can the white woman save the black man and we talked about a lot of the trauma that i think both of us have growing up as black americans in this country even the bourgeois black folk have a lot of trauma they may have more money but there is a level of arrogance that is carried and 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 how they move through their life in there how they approach black men and i don't think anybody can save the black man but the black village since we were talking about um you know we were just talking about the strengthening of the black village i think it takes one of the things i admire about women is that you guys and I don't and I don't know how or why, but you guys have this internal mechanism that allows you guys to stick together. And there's something. It's like there's it's like when you guys sync up every month. Sometimes when you're around each other, women sync up and they're that you know they're um, recycles. There is also there is something inside of you also that they you guys understand each other on a subconscious. Uh, or even maybe a spiritual level. It's almost primal, like lionesses hunt together. Right. All the lionesses come together. They hunt together. That's and you how guys, they kill. Where a lion well, doesn't hunt. I'm glad you had you guys that. Stick together. I never had that experience. Really. So I th I say maybe you never had experience where, where like women sticking together with you. No. Wow. Mm. 
no. It's so that's it's interesting that you say that because I hear that a lot. I think there's guys who they did the bros before hoes. I think that's a big thing, but I think women turn on each other. I really do. And I've never had ex- I've never do. had experiences where I mean I've had groups of friends where we've turned on each other and I've never had somebody I've had one friend who's really had my back. But it, of course it's always conditional. So Maybe. that's why, you know, I don't I don't agree with what you're saying because no, no, everybody's well, experience is different. Maybe it's mothers, maybe then. If you're a mother. There is something I've noticed. And maybe it's I do think women can come together and work together and get things accomplished. Sure. Not um, not to discount I, what you're saying because about, I know I know what you're talking I'm about. I'm not talking about friendships per se, because those always get wonky, especially when they're men involved. But I do think women have <laughs> my husband's so stupid. <laughs> He just says, sister wives, polyamory. He's crazy. <laughs> Wait, hold that hold that thought. We're going to continue this conversation because this is a big conversation we're having about can white women save black men. We'll get to that when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk for today. We don't try to be all things to all people. We just remain true to who we are. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. All right, so we're talking about can white women save black men? Um, you know, and, and the what, what I've said before is that uh, black men have to save black men. Um, I think there are things that black women can do to maybe stop black men from running away from them. But black men also have to understand the trauma that black women have been through in their lives, through their upbringing. Either their daddy has left or beat their mom or is on drugs or is just not there. That their mother is struggling and trying to be a good woman, trying to raise kids. That's a level of trauma in itself that they they grow up seeing. And so we have to understand that although we, we both didn't get a fair shake, even if both of our parents were there, maybe there were issues inside of the relationship that both adults were dealing with that may have come through for the kids. And that we both, given the history of black Americans in this country and how far some of us are behind the economic goalpost, some of us, some of us may be poor but emotionally healthy. So do you think that this is going to be an issue 15 years from now? Or do you think that we're all going to be intermingling? Because the way I'm seeing it, I'm seeing more people intermingling different cultures. I'm seeing black with white, black with Asian, black, black with Hispanic. I think we're going to end up morphing into uh, people that are so... Um, diverse that we're going to end up being different shades of tan and brown. I really see that. I, 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 I have one friend that is married to a black man. Oh, actually, my second, my other friend is getting married to a black man very soon next year, yeah. in a couple months. Other than that, my black friends, particularly my girlfriends, have decided to go outside and date other races. And I see a lot of black women have said this stop dating black men and i really hate when i see messages like that even and i see black men they want to go the passport bros that want to run down to the dominican to get some subservient wife Mm. Mm -hmm. i find that an issue in itself also this is always going to be an issue unless we recognize that there are that there is a uh, 
let's put this in biblical terms, a demon hanging over both of us, causing both of us trauma that we must recognize and love each other through. We are not going to be able to commingle as black man and black woman together until we fix the issues that are really no fault of our own that we're brought into, given, and I blame all of this back, going back to slavery. Slavery, Jim Crow, and the unfair um, treatment of black Americans throughout the history of this country. It has caused black Americans trauma that have that some have rectified and cleared, but a lot of us have not. That trauma may come in the form of I'm not making enough money to support my family, which is causing me to drink and do all these other things and the stress. My woman has unfair expectations because of American society and that, and that she sees other people doing these things. There's a bunch of stuff in that we are, because we are placed into a system that does not suit us. It's not for us. The systems that suit us and that are for us reside in Africa, where we were originally taken from. We are in a society that is predominantly white, that has a religion, culture that is not our own. And these things are all affecting us uh, for centuries that we've been in this country. And on a subconscious level, you see it permeating with a lot of black men in jail, a lot of fatherless babies hanging around there. And like I said, some of us are correcting this behavior. Some of us are working through it. And then some of us who, who get to the other side said, whew, that was hard. We're not pulling the other ones out. And then on top of that, there are ones who don't even know they need to be pulled out of the garbage that they're in. So it's a very complex issue uh, on how to how to save it. And the only thing I can say why black men run to white women is because white women may make them feel feel a little bit better than black women do. Is there anything that you like about us, Don? I love everything about black women. Can you be specific? So we can just... I hear you say these things a lot about why black men run to white women and they make you feel better. But how do we as black women make you feel? Make me feel? Yes. I have. What do you I, like about us? So I, I like that you guys have a resilience um, and a strength that allows you to navigate this. Um, no, no, no. No, no. Just What do we just, like for you in terms of you? Well, like, these are the things that I like okay. about a black woman. I like how strong black women are. I like how nurturing black women are. I love how great mothers that you, you, you guys are. And then if you can reach some, how great of a friend black women can be. Um, how black women have a set of eyeballs that uh, have a set of contacts on them that I and can see things that I can't see. And I say this, there are things my ex-wife, who I do not like, saw that I couldn't see. Mm. And I and this is going back. There were things that I was naive to. Yeah. I was caught up in a in a system that I was I bought into, but she saw something that I could not see. And so there's a level of uh, intelligence and uh, um, uh, IQ mm -hmm. IQ that you guys have that we don't. Yeah. Because we're we're we're, we're different. And so those are the things that I love about black women. And then on top of that, I mean, on a on a on a basic level, I mean, I feel I'm a black man who I want to hook up with a black woman. It's who you guys, who it's who I naturally want to be with. But how do we make you feel? Because you keep giving this reverence to say white women make you guys feel better than we do. So how do we make we don't make you feel good in any way. I think that some of it is there. 
I don't want to fight the world and come home and fight you. And there is a level of opposition when I come home that uh, I don't like to deal with. And so it is for some, we can battle through it and, and, and love our partner through it. Because I think for some, there is a, you got to look past the tonality and language to the root of where you're coming from. Some people are mature enough to understand where is she coming from in how in her verbiage and her language in regards to me that I don't like. And some of us will try to walk past the tone and, and the language to get to the root of you. But sometimes the root is hard to reach you guys because there's so much trauma there that you can't hear us trying to reach out to you. And some men, they just give up. They get tired. Like some black women do, just get tired of dealing with black men because it's like, I, I want to do such good things with this person, but like I keep either going towards the black man or the black man I keep running into, they just don't listen, they don't hear, or there's not a level of drop the defenses down and let's communicate on a friendship level. I know it was a long time ago, um, but what, what were the reasons that you left your past uh, you, you said you dated a couple of white women before, but it, it was a long time ago. What I were they, the reasons? They I think they left me. Why do you think that was? I don't think I was the type of black man for them. One became a lesbian. Mm. One after you she dated. turned one. No, I'm just kidding. I knew. You, I knew. <laughs> I thought about this conversation <laughs> early today, and I knew what that was going to come out of your mouth. And I was going to say, before you even had a chance, I wasn't the one who turned into a lesbian. Uh, she became a lesbian later on in life, but she was. We were both in her twenties. We were both young, and she was different. Um, sex was different with her. Um, her patience was different with me. Um, I think that she wanted a more, what some would consider an alpha male for her, mm -hmm. because the guy that she got with after me ended up beating her ass. You know, totally more aggressive than I, than me. Some women like that aggressiveness. That's just not me. I'm more of a communicator. You know what I'm saying? I like to talk logically through things because that's how I view the world. Not that I can't be aggressive with you, but why do I have to be aggressive with my woman? If I got to be aggressive with you and dominate you like that, then you probably aren't the woman for me because that's not my communication style. My communication style is like, look, man, let's let's figure this out logically and intellectually and let's move and navigate with how we got to move in the best possible way. Not me telling you shut up and follow my lead as I as I mean black men. Uh, shut up and follow me with my club dragging you by your braids. That's not me. Mm. I can't do that. So that was one white woman there. So we just, we coexisted. And then, and here's another thing. She, I got strep throat real bad. And this is before I really knew I had strep throat. Every so often, it was, it was, it was weird. It was like clockwork when the weather would change. Around September, I would always get strep throat. Now, I learned I was catching it from some of you women, but that's another story. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Who were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I learned I was catching from some some of you women. Jesus. But I'm very susceptible to strep throat. It's something in my family to where women may carry the, the strep gene, and it may not affect you, but if I kiss you, we have sex or whatever, it, it, it affects me. And so I didn't know what strep was at the time. It was the very first time that I caught it, and it got bad. And I had a fever that I couldn't break. 
can swallow. The only thing that would break my fever was Tylenol Theraflu, but it would only mask the symptoms to where I would feel good for about two or three hours, and then in the the strep virus in my system would overpower um, the drugs and push me back into a fever where I'm sweating, losing weight. And I was like that for like a week or two in her house where she had to take care of me. And I think that for the white woman, for that particular one, she wasn't ready to deal with that. And that was a turnoff to her. I had, we broke up during that. I had to go get a shot of pneumonia and, you know, I just left my wife and we were hanging out together and, and I had to go stay in a hotel. It was, it was rough. That was rough. She said, get your sick butt out of here. It wasn't like that. I just, I'm not going to stay where I'm not wanted. I'll peace out to you. I'll at you later. You know, going kind of on the topic of this, I see uh, this Fahima had said uh, in the chat that black men are not uh, at a loss. They don't need to be saved. Less than 1% of black people are in interracial marriages. However, according to the latest statistics of just literally like a month ago, black divorce rate is amongst the highest uh, when it comes to other races. 30 Point eight percent Hispanic divorce is second at eighteen point five. White divorce makes up half of Black divorce rate at fifteen point one, and Asian divorce is among the lowest. So, there's something to be said with that as well. Yeah. So, b- Black people that are are if the divorce rate is really high, then I, mean, I guess the best thing to do is study what. It tends to be the issue. And according to this other article, it appears that black women divorce black men more than black men divorcing uh, black women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Statistics show for interracial. It doesn't have it here for interracial, mm. but it, I, I, it, it's just specifically going black, Hispanic, white, and Asian. Uh, so I'll tell you about the other white woman I dated okay. and how that ended. Yeah. James and Sandra. We'll get to you when we come forward uh, and after my story when uh, we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580 where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. So we're talking about uh, can white women save black men today and I'm giving my take on why black men choose white women. I've had two in my lifetime, and not something I go after. It is something inherent and uh, subconscious in me that wants to date black women, Latinos too, Mexican women, only because my family's from Belize, and that's our cousins, sort of kind of. I mean, you know, my, my Guatemala, I'm not, Mexico. I'm not talking about what's inherently in you, though, Don. I'm not talking about your physical attraction. I'm literally talking about, like, just do you like us? Because it doesn't sound like you like the way we deal with situations, that you like the way we necessarily conflict resolve. You don't necessarily like the way that we, you know, maybe don't jump into therapy. There's a lot of things you, you don't like. Well, let's, let's, so let's just say this. The I, black woman. I'm just trying to get to the root of what keeps bringing you back to us. Um, it's the sex. That's really what it is. It's just the that's, greatest sex so ever. That's shallow, though. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just a so shallow, shallow individual. That's really shallow. No, what brings me... So I compartmentalize the things that I do not like about black women and put them off to the side and don't really pay much attention to them. To, to my detriment sometimes because it ends up smacking me in the face. Um, I love how educated you, you guys are. I love how resourceful you guys are i love how you guys move i love uh 
um, your bodies. But I you love... don't love us in your home. I don't know what that means. Well, because you say we don't make a safe space for you. Well, I, well no. When, when I, you come home, you feel like you're fighting us. Not all the time. It's not a fight all the time. It's not a fight all the time. There's not arguments all the time. But when there's opposition or something that you feel that you... When there's a hill that you feel that you need to die on, it's like war with you. Instead of educating me on your perspective... It's a little bit of chastising, a little bit of direction, a little bit of strong black woman. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, what I need is that iron fist in a velvet glove. Hmm. I need your delivery to be different because it's not that I, every black man who's with a black woman, it's, we want to empower you. We want to, we, we don't want to be at odds with you. We want you to shine more than we do because you know, you guys are great. You're, you're intelligent. You're smart. You guys have ideas that you think differently. You know what I'm saying? In a way that we, I never saw that. I never thought about that. Some of the greatest ideas come from from, from, from black women. And we want to amplify that. But we, we don't want to be at odds with you. And that's where the conflict comes in. I can love everything about you, but I can still not like some things about that you do. Just as there are things about black men, though. You know, like I've had black women nitpick at my financial situation, my teeth, um, my uh, upbringing, um, my uh, class. You know what I'm saying? Oh, while I'm taking them out to dinner. Wow. What don't you like about <laughs> white women? Uh, I'll give you that answer when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk, 1580. KBLA 1580, Santa Monica. The NBA is back and everybody is talking about what to expect this year. Here's the logo, Laker legend Jerry West on KBLA Talk 1580 talking about L.A. Clippers superstar Kawhi Leonard. Oh my gosh, he's just a man, he really is. And watching him work out is pretty interesting because he is so dedicated. He'll go out there for an hour and 45 minutes, uh, two hours, and he does the same thing almost every day. He does not play in the offseason, he just works on his game. He's a powerful kid who happens to be one of the league's best defensive players offensively. He can really shoot the ball. And when he first came into the league, that's something he couldn't do, but he might be the best two-way player in basketball. Don't miss the KBLA Sports Minute weekdays and Out of Bounds weekends only on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. We fly, no lie, you know this. Wow. I wish I could sing so good. Boy, I mean, I wish I could sing. Boy, I, boy I'd well, have the L.A. in. Same old thing I've always Woo! Been doing. You know, I've got a new lady now. Shoo-bee-doo, woo-woo. That's when I was with you. You know, I was in here listening to uh, music on my headphones. You know, I think you know, we have the cleaning crew in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They looked at me and said, don't do that. <laughs> they said, don't do that. Six-year job as a, as a radio host. I said, I'm singing for the Lord. I'm singing Silk in My Bedroom for the Lord. Alright, what was your last question before we left? We were talking about why do I like black women. No, I said, well, what are, what are your problems with white women? 
I don't have much experience with white women that I can really give you an issue. I don't have much. The only the, the two major race groups that I've dated, black women and with a second being uh, Hispanic. And I've had now I can tell you with Latinas, whether they be from Dominican origin or Mexican origin, that they're very loving. They're very subservient to their men. Not subservient, but they're very catering to their men. Mm-hmm. But they're also bossy in a mommy way, too. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend who was very bossy. Uh-uh, baby, don't eat too much. You're going to get a tummy ache. I've had stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, very very mommy-like. But also fixing me a plate, yes. taking care of me. There's a, there's a certain... And some black men like that. Can I tell I you? I do that. Can I tell you? Sometimes. I, I remember <laughs> when my friend, uh, Patricia, said to me, aren't you going to serve you know, your man, I said, no, he can serve himself. But that's what the, the Latinas do. And I, I didn't realize that you're supposed to feed. I said, no, no, no. He can get up and get what he wants. I'm not going to give him his plate. But that was like, you know, no, you know. And I think a lot of men love that because they're kind of like a mommy Listen, figure. That's how I was raised. My right. mom did that for my dad. And the only reason why I don't do it now is because the man that I'm with specifically is super picky about his food. Oh, is he? Yes. I didn't understand or care for a woman to serve me meals until my current girlfriend. And I, you know, for me, I've always been a person who just dines out. You know what I'm saying? It's just what it is. I, mm. just, I like going to restaurants. So I never really had... my mother And my mother cooked, you know what I'm saying, as a kid. But it wasn't... You know, it was... You know, it, it, listen, I just didn't grow up with that. That type of situation, nor nor have I experienced that type of situation from a woman. But then my girlfriend, my current girlfriend, started cooking, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is good!" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, this is." Yeah, because I remember you used to always say that that was not a priority it for wasn't. you. You were made it very clear, and then when you when you got with her, because the food is amazing, I didn't know what I was missing out yeah, on. You you enjoyed the home cooking. Oh God, it was so. First of all, she cooked so great, and it felt so great. And and then there was, I think, there was something else attached to it. Her fixing me a plate, fixing me food. Yeah, was that this. Food was not necessarily about the food, but it was made with love. Yeah, yeah and the time and preparation. And the time and preparation. That, yeah. She's in the kitchen. She's doing this mm-hmm. for benefit for me, and it's just such a good product at yeah. the end of the day. And so I was very appreciative of that because that was the first time I kind of experienced that. I was like, oh, this is this is something different. Yeah. So I I, I appreciate that, but that, that was something I experienced with the Hispanic women. Um, white women, I can't really tell you much about as far as because i haven't had much experience with white women it's so hard because you have all these gripes against black women and can say specifically what you do and don't like and i think that as a black woman sitting here on this panel it's hard for me to hear and hard for me to take because you're speaking so subjectively without having had experience with asian latin and white women to compare their Mm -hmm. flaws and to express their flaws but it seems as though you're always saying every other race is so much more loving than black women are i don't think that's what i'm saying at all i think that my experience has been and will continue to be with black women and that that's where my expertise is at. Am I, am I making this up? Or are you hearing the same thing I'm hearing? No, I think what, I, what I you're asking me. More, exactly. I think yeah. what it you're, seems like he has all these opinions about the black woman and how all the negative stuff he can spew, but he can't really speak to any other race, which 
if you were to seriously date other races, would the same things come out? I don't. I don't. I don't know, and I don't necessarily care. At the end of the day, I'm just my affection is towards the black woman. It will always be towards the black woman, and you have to understand that I am not um, innocent. Yeah. In the relationship when it comes to black women, mm-hmm. there are insecurities that I have had to deal with of a woman who might be more intellectually smarter than me and and having to like feel keep that emotion in check. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying to where I was like, she's smarter than me. I don't want to feel stupid, <sighs> but I just take a back seat and say, go ahead, baby, do your thing. Like I have come to separate us in my mind. That we are both great in different ways. We are not better than each other. We are both great in different ways. There are things that you can do. There are doors, things, movements that you can make that I can never do. And vice versa. And so that's how I rectified that in my mind to where the insecurity kind of went away. uh, That you may be book smarter than me and intellectually smarter than me. I might be street smarter than you. Or I might have a certain talent in a certain industry that might be a little bit more better than you but at the end of the day we're sort of kind of equally equally yoked in different ways and that's how i was like okay let that insecurity go and let's lean into this intellect that this woman has and how can i use what i got to make it bigger and better and i hope in regards to her she leans into me and supercharges me or amplifies me the same way that I want to amplify her. And that's the realization I've come through as I've gotten older. Let me amp and I'm always going to amplify you first. I'm always going to take a back seat to to the black women first because I care about you guys and I want to see you happy. So however my goal in life is to make you happy and how do I do that? Is it talking to you a certain way? Is it treating you a certain way? Is it affirmation if it is it financial if it is it uh you know me cooking or learning a new skill to make you happy or learning how to fix it how can i do that to you so that when i want something in return or hopefully we learn from each other during this you can lean into me and amplify me with whatever education because i have a lot to learn from you that i hope you have the same to learn from me what do you think Kristen? I forgot. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, we got a lot of. Let's get to some of these phone calls. Sandra, let's go to Sandra real quick. Sandra's been holding on. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Sandra? 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 Yes. Sandra, how are you with here? Yes, yes, we are. What's going on? What do you want to say? I'm sorry. And, thank, and thank you for calling back. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for having you on hold for so long. No worries, no worries. I just had a couple of comments, and I, and I want to say this in, a, in the best way that I can. Please do. Um, do you have sisters? Do you have sisters? I do not. I am an only child. The closest thing I have to do my you... sister, to a sister and a brother, are my cousins, Marcel, Ivan, Demandre, Alejandro, um, um, Cosmos. Um, I'm forgetting some because I can't think of it right now. Dante. Ivan, and then my cousin Teresa. These are the closest things I have to brothers and sisters. We're close. We didn't grow up every single day together, but we spent a lot of time together. Well, well, the, the reason I ask, you know, and I, and I don't know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes we have blind spots and we can't see them. Yes. Other people can. Yes. Because I listen to the show, and I kind of want to agree with Shante. Maybe I'll take it a step further, because it sounds like you don't really, really care for black women. 
I just I just gave a whole essay on black women just now. But but okay. Let me let me hear you. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Go ahead. Because you know, you 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 make your assumptions, you know, which obviously are based on your own experience from your experience, from your experience, which is really all you can talk about. However, when you present it, you present it as true. It's like all black women, all white women, right. you know. Or, white or, women or are you this. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you'll find an article and you'll present it as fact. And I'm thinking, where in the world? Okay. You know, I've, I've wanted to call it before. But um, so really the, the bottom line, I'm just like, you know, you can only speak from your perspective. You I respect that. Throw it out there and say black women don't do this. I res- men, Sandra, you know? I respect and I receive that from you, and I will make a concerned effort to not generalize. But I do yes. want to say, y'all might all not all be the same, but some of y'all are the same. I do want to say that. Yes. So I remember oh, yeah. what I was gonna. Uh, hold on, hold on one second, Sandra. I yeah, remember yeah. what I was gonna say now because. You reminded me of that survey that I told you about that my daughter got in school and everybody wrote down what they thought about black people, women and men, Hispanic women and men, Asian women and men. And she told me that the list for black women was very long and very awful out of everybody. The black men, they had stuff, but the black women, all generalized, aggressive, mean, overweight, only care about themselves. I mean, it was just horrible. Well, are you and asking me to reach you the right No, 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 no. Go ahead, Dominique talks about that all the time. Everybody looks at the black woman. You know, they have fault. You know, we have to be better. We have to do that. It's like, look at Michelle Obama. She can't do anything. You know how they call her. So, you know, she we looks know beautiful. that that's not true. Michelle so Obama is amazing. I think Michelle so and Barack are, are, are two black mascots that we should achieve to kind of be like i think that men yeah, should men see, should want to be like barack obama as, as and carry himself and then i think women should look to michelle obama as a source of inspiration also well the point i'm making is they talked about her like she was an animal so i'm saying if they talked about her of course they're gonna that's just the way it, those are just talking points yeah. we know they aren't true and the last thing i'll say don and is like you have to realize that your perspective from what i hear it's really, really, really tiny because the things you say that are true, most people I know and, and you know, and my influence and my job, you know, they're totally not like that. So I just wanted you just to be aware. You know, yeah, maybe I'm dating. Maybe so I'm dating a certain a certain type of black woman, and yeah. maybe that. And that's my. And, and listen, Sandra, I take what you say, and and I'll apply it to life, and I will work on not generalizing my experiences when it comes to black women, because I really do care about black women. I love black women, and I want black people to learn to be better friends, communicators, and lovers towards each other. Um, not just on a physical level, but uh, emotional, um, and and just on a friendship level. And I, I think I can. I think a lot of us would agree that we're a lot of us are not like that towards each other. We're not kind towards each other when we start getting into the nuance of of relationships. And that's why I disagree. The people who I know are really kind, supportive, you know. But anyway, that's enough. And okay. yeah, the final thing, yes. I, I think that there are so many more important things besides pornography and men and women relationships that you guys can have a platform for. It's a, it could be a really great show, but it just tends to go back to pornography, women relationships. And I think that, you know, you do, it, you do yourself a disservice because mm-hmm. such a, you have such a great platform. Well, thank okay, you, Sandra. So I appreciate it. And thank you for okay. the advice. I appreciate that.
I, according according to but it's interesting what she what she said because her experiences are different than and that's the thing you is everybody's some, experiences with the black culture is different when you know like Don's different his experience are different based on where he's at who he's hanging around with you two me everybody's different so you can't you really cannot generalize well, you know what's so, I mean I just think she, my mom is just she's the epitome of just, so, she's just not that black chick. she doesn't cuss yeah. she goes to church she doesn't drink she doesn't raise her voice so I don't know this black woman that you speak of, that these all black women who don't create a safe space, these all black women who are yelling and like, I just, I didn't grow up like that. Yeah. I, I so when just... you say black women, I'm like, no, that's not real. It's just not real. You're just picking the wrong I like how people, maybe. Maybe, maybe you're right. I like how Sandra just stereotyped the show of just relationships and yeah, pornography. That, that, that's, she's not, she hasn't heard the Sa- whole entire Sandra, show. Sandra, I talk about true. economic things on, yeah. a, on a continuous basis. I talk about black things. I talk about relationships. I talk about the nuance of life. I talk about a lot of stuff. It's not just pornography and relationships. But I understand. We'll, we'll, we'll make a better, um, I'll make a better adjustment to amplify the things outside of relationships, pornography, which I love to call adult film because it's a film, it's an art form. Uh, and what else? She, relationships, uh, pornography. What was the other thing? She said relationships. What else? Relationships, pornography. I, I just heard those when two. When she started chastising us, I completely turned off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to even lie. She, yeah. She was doing so well. And then I was like, <laughs> I, I don't even hear you anymore. She said, I was like, I don't even should, hear you anymore. You have a great platform. Use it properly. It's I, not well, being well, used You know what? And Sa- Sandra, um, tag me on Instagram about things that you think that we should be talking about because if there's something that I should be covering um, that you think is of interest, um, please let me know because uh, I appreciate that and I would love to cover that. Um, So just tag me on Instagram and regardless, but I I try to get to everything that affects black communities. I, I really try to. But listen, if there's something I'm missing, this is no shade or anything like that. Tag me, send me a message. I will, I will talk about it because I love nuance of things. Yes, man, they trying to hear news. They trying to hear politics. But yeah, I'm just like, like, yo, you get a lot of that early in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to have a little balance over and here. This well, is, yeah. But I, you know? I cover news and politics too. But, but we didn't it. talk about Kevin DeLeon. That that was a big story that I think people want to talk about too. You can talk about that later this I, week. I, I mean, it might not even be an issue anymore. I was talking to the uh, other baby Antifa, uh, Dr. Uh, Melina Abdullah, uh, this past weekend, and she was talking about that. And I asked her about Kevin DeLeon. I said, why not make him an ally? Why not hold his feet oh. to the fire to cater to? No, no, no. I said, Instead of trying to oust him, why not cater to him or make him cater to us and, and vote our way to keep him in power and use him as a tool? And she was just basically saying that, that she's known him for a number of years and that his, he's had too many chances and his time is up. Did yeah. you, did, let me just ask you, did you guys see the video where he... I did. See, the protesters uh, yeah, and, like... But see, look, it, I was glad the protester went after him, and I'll tell you why. I don't condone violence, but I'll tell you this. People are tired of him. He's collecting money on, on everybody else's dime. Get the F out, dude. Like, just go. Nobody wants you but you. He has a very small amount of people yeah. who are on his side. Go away. So I understand the anger, but um, I'm glad that, that he ended up looking like a big jerk off <laughs> all right james we're getting to you next jim sean amir i see all your phone calls we're gonna get to all you guys next as we as we close this uh, hour out and get ready for the voice of reason we're gonna get to you james when we come forward it's kbla talk for today 
Courage is contagious. contagious. We're KBLA Talk 1580. Three. Broadcasting live from Lower Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, so Shante, Christian, and Sandra, who just create, came to the show, gave us black men a teachable moment right now. And the teachable moment is do not take every negative thing that you've experienced, specifically if you date only black women, to characterize all black women off. Mm-hmm. Black women are not a monolith. There is a vast diaspora of black women out there, and we don't want to stereotype it at the end of the day. Because I have run into non-aggressive black women who just leave. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that say about you? Maybe it's you, Don. It is. And you know what? I, I've heard you <laughs> say a me. lot about yeah, black well. women when you, and, and I'm not trying to pick on you, but no, no, I've no, heard. I, I will, you, want, you want to hear my issue? So, and, and I was I was going to say one word that you always use is crazy. I don't know if you've ever, well, every that, black that, woman. That applies to all women across the board from all spectrums. There, That is the thing that, that is the unifier. That, 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 that we're all crazy. Mm. I don't want to say crazy. I think emotional would be a very better term to rely upon of there are emotions inside of you that may... Your perception of things when it comes to people in, in relationships may be viewed differently than the intent of the individual. Mm-hmm. Thereby garnering you the label crazy. Because I could say this is an apple in front of me, and you're like, "No, you're talking about oranges," and we're like, "What? This is an apple." And so I think that's what I'm talking about. But but black men, we have our faults. I don't I don't want to put this. This is not a bashing session upon right, black right, women. Right, right. That there are in regards to us, some of us don't know how to talk to you. Some of us don't know how to listen to you. Some of us are irresponsible. A lot of us are irresponsible. And don't want to change. Some of us are stubborn. Mm-hmm. Stubborn. I don't want to say don't want to change. We're stubborn because we are in defense mode, but that is our issue that we need to become a better individual at resolving conflict in our in our relationships or in, and in life. Um, some of us don't know how to be good men. Mm. We just know how to be little boys. Yeah. Um, some of us are looking for our women to tell us what to do. And some women want a man that they can tell what to do. I've seen women who are very aggressive who pick men who are submissive to them. Not that they, they but that man usually holds all that repression in and clocks them over the head every so often. I've seen that. So men, it's, it's a, I go back to the beginning of this conversation is that we have a communication issue amongst us. Yeah. And I and I only want to, I don't when I say us I mean male and female. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Do you feel that um, your parents have anything to do with the they way have everything oh to do. you God. perceive black men and black women? Oh man. They they do they have everything, but Oof. I can't necessarily blame them because they maybe not all, but a vast majority of them did the best that they could do with what they had. Mm-hmm. Some of them were irresponsible. Some of them could have done better. Right. Some of them were in positions to do better, but they were selfish. There's a, there's a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? Some women were taught, shut up, cook the dinner, right. be submissive, yep. and your husband's going to take care of you. Yep. And if a woman is doing that, there's a responsibility on a man to recognize that a woman is doing that and, and, and treat that with kit gloves 
to amplify her in a way that she is feeling the uh, the top of her game and not being used. This is this is making sure that she she is being fulfilled she, because she's giving her life in service of her family. At the end of the day, a lot of people look at homemaking as I'm never doing that. But literally, a woman is giving her life in service of her family. I'm cooking the the, the, the meals. I'm getting the kids ready for school. I'm taking care of the household. I'm doing all this. It takes a certain type of man to, re- to recognize that that's the woman you got and to give her the tools necessary and make her feel good at her doing her job, not like she's a maid or some servant or some slave that's a slave to this family. A lot of men will be like, oh, God, this woman's doing all this good stuff for me. Oh, jeez, I got hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. And there is no return of the love and service that the woman has given the family and the man back into the woman. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a big circle. If I give, 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 and you don't return anything to me, I'm going to get burnt out. Right. Now, some of us can roll on for 30-something years before we get burnt out. But why do you want to do that? Yeah. You want to pour into your significant other and energize them and amplify them and let them love them and and give them more energy to keep giving because that's their language, their love language of how they show love in in whatever relationship, whether it's business or, you know, family or whatever. James, we're going to get to you, Jim, Sean, and Amir. Just hang on tight. James, you're coming. First call to you when when we come forward. Um, We're having a conversation about black men and white women. And can the white woman save the black man when we come forward? It's KBLA Talk 15 A. A safe place to go loud, loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. Um, just real quick, because of the phone lines, Sandra, if you can call back and talk to Andy and just leave a message with him, what would you like to hear more of on the show? I just, I just want to hear from you. What would you like to hear more of on the show? Because I'm interested in how your perception and things that you're interested in. Give us a call back, 800-920-1580. If you can, if not, send us a message or an open mic through the app. What would you like to hear more of? Let's go to James, who's been hanging on patiently. Thank you, James, for hanging on. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, my good brother. Yes. Kristen, Hi. Hi. Good evening. How's everything going? The subject, the subject is hot. Okay. It's not a right or wrong answer to this subject. But we all have differences. We all have flaws. And we have to understand that we have to deal with those flaws in a manner where we're going to come to a consensus of being in a relationship. We've got to take the good with the bad and go forward. Now, I myself only had one experience with a Caucasian woman. That was when I was in college. And it was just, wasn't even really... She gave me some head in the library. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too graphic, that was the greatest experience I've ever had. Yes, yes. Get too graphic. It, that was it. But they're good know, for that. I don't have anything. I don't have any qualms about not dating outside my race. But I'd rather date a black woman who's going to stand with me and find common ground when we're going. Going to do something together. I think that black we're women. Together. Yeah, I think black women understand what we're going through, and I think that's another thing that well, one of the reasons why well, we like you. So we have, we, we have a common bond here. Through. Like no, I mean we have a we, common bond of what it's like to be black in America, and I think that brings us together also. 
Yeah, Don, but see. And somebody said it's trauma bonding. And our experience, our experience is totally different. It's it totally is. different. It's totally different. So they understand the plight because they see it, but they don't understand it. And black men still have to become more men. Like one of used to always tell us, your father's a man's man. Man, man. When I was younger, I didn't understand that. Well, as I got older, I understood what she was talking about because my father was one of those persons who did everything manly. He stood by his wife. Mm. He took care of his children. He didn't allow uh, young thugs to go and disrupt. My mother was at a PTA meeting one night. Some young clowns wanted to make a lot of noise. My father went up there and told him to go home. They started talking crack, talking smack. My father popped one of them in the face and told him to go home. Mm-hmm. That was it. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. play that. Yeah. So, you know, I look at myself as I'm not going to go around hitting on people. But if I could talk to you to get you to look at yourself and change some of your ways, then that's cool. But I love my black women. Yes, they do sometimes want to boss us around. My girls like that. I should do things the way she want to. Sometimes I do. 90% of the times I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my way is better. What I do, I do do that, but that's just me. Because, see, I'm, I'm like you, Don. I'm a rare person to be with. But uh, black women, you know, we got a whole spectrum of black women. We do. If you want the lightest light, you could get one. If you want the darkest berry, you could get one. So... You just have to be willing to go through that spectrum to find the right one that you want. All right. And be with her. Bring on the team. All right. All right, James. I appreciate the call. Thank you. I hope you don't get beat up tonight when you go home. Thank you, James. (laughs) I appreciate you. All right. Let's go to uh, Jim out there in Los Angeles. What's up, Jim? Hey, Don. How you doing, bud? Good, man. Hey, hey, look. uh, This Sandy woman. Man, don't don't even let her get Sand, to you. Man. Sandra, She's Sandra, a hater Sandra. on the tenth, tenth, <laughs> Sandy, uh, hater of the tenth degree. Okay, couldn't just be satisfied with disagreeing with your point of view. She had also had to try to burn the place down on her way out. <laughs> no, nothing positive. She doesn't listen to the show, so she has no idea of the topics that you cover. She should have just gave her opinion on your topic. Her life is apparently is pristine, and her experience isn't the typical black experience. And people kill me with that narrative because, okay, that's your experience, but that don't mean what you're hearing about the black experience out there in the world isn't valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own experience, and that's the bottom line. But if you hear enough of a narrative coming from both sides, black men and black women, well, all we can pull from is our own experience, our own narrow experience with relationships. So maybe those wide narratives that you hear from so many different people might have some merit to it. And maybe we should just think about, well, why that is. Well, I think you are right, but we are, I also want to leave room for other people who don't have those experiences to breathe in this conversation to submit their point of view because we cannot uh, blanket all of us as being the same. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of us who experience the, the same things that what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
But maybe we can learn something from those who are experiencing something different. And maybe and, well, what and that's I hear, part, yeah, what I hear from the people experiencing something different is they make it sound like your experience is invalid, or you know, uh, their experience is this, and it sounds like yours is wrong. It's like uh, they not, they feel that uh, what I'm doing to them, they're doing to me. Is basically what you say. By, by, by saying, yeah, well, you yeah. tripping, it's not what, what all the experience. I He's mean, having I, your back, but, really. Well, no, no, I've, I've, got but you know, I've got 40-something years of dealing with black women, and I can't, I'm not going to label all black women the same. I just, there are certain common themes in some. There are certain nuances in others, you know, but I'm never going to give up on black women at the end of the day. You no, know, no matter uh, how, many, the, how the, many bad experiences I have with a black woman, I'm never going to give up on black women, period. Black men being traumatized in this society, and we're still, um, you know, seeing the the vestiges of that. Well, women have been traumatized throughout history. Yes, and let's not discount that. No, and and you know, uh, the whole idea to what we're dealing with with our women now is they, if if we and men and black men in particular are traumatized by our experience in America. Well, women were lower than us. And our black women suffered more than us because they had to deal with us on top of that. You know, you, Jim, so you, we're, you, all, we're you, all suffering from it. You make, a, you, you make a great point because I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about biblical times of how women, do they want to get married to the men that they got married to? Or was that the only way that they thought or their family thought yeah. that they needed to marry this woman off to survive because of how, for whatever reason, the system was set up yeah. that you needed to be with a strong man who had a an army or a massive flock of people following. Well, yeah, them. that that was history. That that's yeah. been history throughout uh, the beginning of time, and only recently, probably since the seventies. Have we really had the choices that we have now? Before yeah. it was all about survival, I, and people I, made choices well, to I, survive, and that's been throughout history. Because uh, I always wonder recently. what it would look like if women could pick and choose what they wanted to do back in biblical times. How would we have ended up in the same place that we're in today as women, women just would naturally? Be no, seriously. If women were, we'd be running. I don't we'd know be about running. that. We'd be running it all. <laughs> this is yes, because yeah. yes, we, we would we would understand our power to procreate and have the children, and we'd be like, if you ain't with this, we you ain't with it. We would have made y'all subservient. But, but you know how we something. you know how we today today we come up short when we try to compare our marriages to that of our grandparents' generation. But I always say. We're comparing a time to a time when the women didn't have the choices nope. then that they have they now. Have and if they, did, they, if they did, there wouldn't have been those 60 and 70 year nope. marriages. Maybe we ought to talk to nope. some okay. older women to really kind of gain perspective of if you had 
different laws choices. and places and choices would you have made different Oh, you choices? can imagine. If you were you, you an equal earner, if you could have had a bank account, if you had the right to vote. All of them. Yeah, how, how would, maybe that's the conversation we need to have. If you had the right to work. How would you have done it differently if the scale was tipped in your favor or on equal footing? Mm-hmm. I, that's a conversation I think we should have. And, and it might be some great guidance to younger women out there who are just coming up of age or women who are already go, growing and getting older. You're seeing it now. Women choosing whatever they want to do in life and saying, "I would rather be mis, I would rather be alone." Yeah, but I don't know than if, be right. miserable with you. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work out long term, though. See, we haven't seen the end result of that. We haven't had enough history of that to see whether or not you guys stay with that till you die, or you're like, you know what, I'm 60, I want to partner up with somebody. I, you know, because I really want to know. I really want to know. Mm. Do, would you rather be by yourself than than not choose a man? I, I think we're I at think a right now. We're at a weird point. I think right or now choose a we woman. Have, or yeah. choose a woman. Yeah, yeah. I right mean, now we choosing each other these days. Yeah, exactly. Damn shame. Right, right now <laughs> what we, what we have today. Yeah. What we have today is is the epitome of freedom. This is freedom. Free to do what you want. Yeah. I cannot save my life to understand how, knowing what we know in recent history with how society is turning out, how we don't have things in place that. When young people finish high school, where they're mandated to have to do this, you know, some countries, was well, it Korea? You have to do some time in the military. Yeah, Israel's the same and way too. A lot of countries those, there, you did those, man, 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 mandatory uh, service in the military for at least a couple those of years. years. Those years, as soon as you get out of high school, is not the time not to have a plan and something that you have to do. You know, I, th- I, I let me to. tell you something. I you think I think that is a answer to a lot of problems here. Oh, is, very it, much so. Is if very we, much. if we required military service for at least two years out of high school and delayed, I think that might lower the cost of college. It might also mm-hmm. structure some of our young people who need structure. And, and right. also create a lot more patriotic individuals in this country that – um, you know, because I don't feel patriotic in this country, but I might feel differently if I was a veteran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Um, I actually just interviewed my great aunt recently. Yeah. Um, and she was married for X amount of years. She got married later on in life. She was a singer. She was in love with this white man for years. He was from Italy. He was one of, from one of the big rich families in Italy. And I asked her, you know, why she didn't. He was not talking about marriage because in the 1960s black people and white people getting married was not a thing and so she was like i can't marry you if we're not getting i can't have a baby with With you if we're not getting married married." she ends up marrying my uncle bill and i asked her the other day point blank i said well were you in love with uncle bill she looked right at me and she said no she said (laughs) and and i told him there is no love in this marriage until death did them part she stuck it out with him Very, very similar to what my mom said, but who was in an interracial relationship. She married my dad because she had to. Mm-hmm. She had to. Uh, she had no choice. And then as soon as she was... Do y'all a- even like us? As soon as she was able to... The answer is no. Just, yeah. As soon as she was able to get a divorce... She happily did it. But yep. there was another thing, though. He was in the Vietnam War, so he mm-hmm. came back really messed up. So, so there was a lot of different issues. But she, did she love him? She loved him, but not enough to marry him. Yeah. But she had to. She yeah. had no choice. All right, Jim, we got to run. Thank you so much. Thank you as always contributing to the show. Be safe out there, okay? Okay, now. All right, uh, Amir, we're coming back to you and Sean for the last word uh, when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580.
This is KBLA Talk 1580, you're having a very important conversation. I thought I was. Uh, I really thought I was. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very important and it's very rich. But unfortunately, it's just like being in a junior college or a college or a high school. There's different levels. And yeah. so what we're what I, what I fear is that people that are chiming in, in many cases, they're just not very versed in understanding. I, I have a question that I, I ask that is really, you, you can't answer this, but here, here it goes. During slavery, I'm married to this woman that I know the master can rape at any time or if, or he could trade her or trade me to a different plantation. Am I really going to give her all of my love? Ooh. Absolutely not. It, would, it wouldn't be strategic. Yeah. Wow. So let's start from there. Ooh. So we are a broken people, yes. and we don't want to address that. We want to act like we just came here in 1950 and we got off the boat and we started living. We're, we're different than everybody else. So the fact that our women were raped and we couldn't protect them, our manhood is out the window. And that's what we've been operating on. If you watch the movie Claudine in the 70s, it was about the break about the black family. She had a song, Gladys Knight had a song, Mr. Welfare. The welfare came into, and Malcolm said the welfare took our manhood away. We wanted to have jobs, but they gave us welfare. So they took the man out of the house. There's a lot of different issues. Um, my father divorced my mother when I was five and married a white woman. So, yeah, so when you look at the 1970s with the Vietnam War and brothers were going to uh, these different places and getting uh, Asian women and white women, most of the women they got were low-class either prostitutes or, or, or whatever they whatever they, they were. Yeah. Brothers were not going over there getting high quality and still are not to this day. The majority of, of, of these brothers that are going, I read this book, Don't Blame It on Real, and I was living, I was pissed off because these brothers, in essence, said we found the best women in the world, black, uh, submissive, all these different things, but they did not marry them. So the question becomes, how hurt are we as men? You can't base relationships if you're hurting. Yeah. yeah and, that, and this is what I said. We're both dealing with trauma that we have not addressed. And I'm going to say that for everybody, but more so for yeah. black men and women, given the history of slavery and how we were brought to this country. I mean, i got to let you go, but thank, so powerful. Yeah, thank you great. so much for contributing to the conversation, man. And we appreciate you. We love you, okay? Righteous brothers. All right, you got it. The voice of reason on his way in next. Maybe a lot lighter topic. Do we choose love or are we chosen by love? An enthralling look at why we end up with who we end up with. And do we have a choice in who we love? That's a very interesting question because that may go back down to the psychology of how you were brought up at the end of the day. We're Don Amici versus everybody with Krista and Shante Carmel Blake who's here Monday through Friday this week from 47 on your KBLA Talk 1580. Bye. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.